Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and I am thankful that we have another opportunity today in Season 5, Episode 11, March 15th. Be getting ready, if you will, for our Memphis School of Preaching lectureship that comes up here every year in March. In fact, there's a preview for Prospects Day that you can register for, if you will, by saying that you're intending to come, and you can email us at admissions at msop.org, admissions at msop.org. Today, we're talking about carpool lane. We mentioned that last week. We covered the first uh, idea of going alone doesn't really work. Having a passenger is always better. But today, we want to continue the thought of going solo versus having a passenger. I want you, as we begin, and I'm going to pull up my Bible app for us to be able to do this, Uh, So give me just one second as I talk about it. But I want, as we begin, for you to take your Bibles to Romans chapter uh, 15, Romans 15, and we're going to just kind of look through Romans 15, and then also we're going to show over to the book of Hebrews as well. But I want us to begin with Romans 15, verses 1 through 13. We bear burdens together. Now, we talked about that in our caution episodes. We talked about Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, that indicate that it's a brother or sister's charge to bear the burdens of their fellow brother or sister. When we go to Romans chapter 15, when we begin in verses 1 through 6, we find that Paul writes this, We then... Who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We bear burdens together, and that burden there, New King James Version calls it a scruple. And what we mean by a scruple is something that you think, based on study, is not right to do, something that you believe it's not wise to be involved in, or it's not something that you yourself would want to do in order to be pleasing to God. But in all honesty, the scriptures themselves don't outright come and condemn the mindset. Probably the most popular example that you and I could give in regards to this is 1 Corinthians chapter 8, which is a passage all about meat being offered to idols. And what would happen in that day and time, there would be religious offerings to idolatrous gods, and there would be meat that had been offered to these gods that wasn't bad in the sense of it was still profitable to eat. And so people back then even realized how to make a profit and they turn around and sell that meat. And then you could go home and eat that meat that had been offered to an idol. And quickly in the church, there began to be a problem. There began to be an issue of people basically getting upset at other brethren who would go out and eat this meat that had been offered to idols. And Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 1, that concerning things offered to idols, we, we know that we have all knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, 
but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. And so therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, verse 5, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there's one, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all are, are all things, and through whom we live. However, there is not in everyone that knowledge. For some, with consciousness of the idol until now, eat it as a thing offered to an idol. And their conscience, Paul writes, being weak, is defiled. But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, or if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. Because if anyone can see you who has knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not that conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother to stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. We bear burdens together. We bear burdens together. We, we look at the mindset of all that we have to consider, of all that we know needs to be said, and we ask the question, will this hurt my brother? Will this hurt someone that I am supposed to be taking care of? The answer to that is yes, we stop doing it. That's what Paul's talking about to the Roman church group. We bear burdens together. We suffer on behalf of others, but we don't just do that. We glorify God together. Look at verse 7 of Romans chapter 15. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. For this reason, I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse. and He who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles have hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy, verse 13, and peace in believing, that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We bear burdens together. We glorify God together. None of this is to be alone. None of this is to put us in a singular state, a separated state, division. But the Hebrews writer also tells us that we're to be together. In fact, he starts in chapter 11 by saying that faith is the all-encompassing it factor for Christian living. Faith can change your circumstances despite not having the best of circumstances. We're told in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 11 in Hebrews that by faith we understand 
in verses 4 through 7 that faith was at the dawn of history with Abel through Noah, that Abraham was a faithful man, verses 8 through 12. We're told that faith provides a heavenly hope, verses 13 through 16. We're told the faith of the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how strong their faith was in verses 17 through 22. We're told about the faith of Moses, verses 23 through 29. And through faith, these people overcame. We have people cheering us on. Think about this for a moment. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. You've probably heard this before if you've been involved in any type of religious background. Chapters in the Bible aren't always reliable. And what I mean by that is the divisions of chapters. And I was taught growing up that when you see the word therefore, you stop and see what it's there for. Sorry, that's not that funny of a joke. Uh, Forgive me if you thought it was corny. But in chapter 12 and verse 1, we're told therefore... Therefore is just a word that means since this before was written, now look at this to follow. Therefore, we also, again, looking back to chapter 11, therefore we also can do what? We can overcome because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, doing what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know about you, but none of these passages have indicated any type of lone wolf mentality. But there are some lone wolves that we need to consider in Scripture. There are some lone wolves that need to be looked at. Let's start with Moses. In Exodus 18, verses 17 and following, Moses' father-in-law says to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out, for this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I'll give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people, so that you might bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws, and show them the way in which they must walk, and the work they must do. Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. Moses, you can't do this by yourself. Stop being a lone wolf. You, you listen now to my voice. I'll give you counsel. God will be with you. You stand before him. 
You tell God what the difficulties are, but then you provide people who fear God. You provide people, able men that fear the Lord, men of truth that hate covetousness, and you place them to be rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Don't be a lone wolf. We mentioned last week Elijah. He thought he was alone in 1 Kings 18 and needed the reminder that he wasn't. He wanted to die in verse 19, chapter 19. God said, don't do it alone. What about the New Testament? The prodigal son comes to mind. He asked for all that was due to him early, chapter 15, verses 11 through 13. He immediately left after getting his inheritance and found out just how much he missed the company. The passengers, Luke 15, 14 through 32. What, what about Ananias and Sapphira? Here was a couple that tried to do it alone instead of going to the church for help. They would have gotten the help, especially if they needed it. They simply just needed to explain the situation better. They didn't have to die. They could have thrived if they would have carpooled, so to speak, with the brethren. When you look at Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, they sell a possession in verse 1, but Ananias keeps back part of it. And his wife was aware of this. And they brought a certain part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is a continuation from chapter 4 where people are bringing reli- – not religious gifts. They're bringing monetary gifts to the apostles' feet for the Lord's gain and being able to do the work of the Lord. And they lay this at the apostles' feet. Ananias goes first. And Peter just says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Verse 4 is very interesting. And it should be an eye-opening experience for us to maybe change some of our views on how giving works. Some people have unfortunately, it seems at times, taught that God will never understand, by the way that they teach it at least, if you have a genuine expense come up. You come home and your roof was leaking. What do you do? (laughs) You come home after a devastating storm only to find out that yes your house was damaged pretty severely oh and you've got insurance that's that's great you just have to pay the deductible i don't have a thousand dollars are there sometimes sacrifices that have to be made so that your family can have the needs met And keep in mind here, we're talking about actual needs that would be met here. We're not talking about a a situation where somebody says, well, you know, I needed to get that new car. No. No. We're talking about an actual situation where that $1,000 is going to put a roof back over your children's head. 
or it's going to help you be able to to function and survive. And God knows you need those things. And so what happens if an unexpected expense like that were to come up? And maybe just for the sake of argument, you normally give $300 a week. So we're talking $1,200 a month. What do you do? What do you do? Does God expect you to continue to give $300 a week if you won't be able to survive? And let me make sure that we understand what I mean by this because I'm not talking about you cut back on your contribution, but then you turn around and continue to eat out and you continue to go and have fun and go to the movies and go do whatever. Cut everything you have to cut. What if you get to the end of that, though, and you've cut every single thing, and you're still looking at it, and you go, we, we still have a $200 a month deficit for about two months. Will God not understand? Peter tells me in verse 4, while it remained, was it not your own And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? I find it interesting that sometimes we hear people say, it's not your money, it's God's money, and and pull out your wallet. No, it's God's wallet. I understand that, and I think that that's accurate in that I need to be viewing the funds that God has blessed me with as they don't genuinely belong to me and that I need to be focused on benefiting the Lord as much as possible with that. But if it's true that it's never mine, then Peter made a misstep here when he said, was it not your own and in your own control? If it's true that I can never, ever have to cut back on something, then Peter made a misstep. And in all honesty, Peter himself would then therefore be sinning. We need to be careful that we approach financial matters both biblically, logically, and lovingly, understanding that there are some out there that they may have a situation where all they can do one month is say, we have to give $200 less this month. But you know what? Let's see what we can do about making it up the next time. Let's see how we can bless the Lord and how God will bless us and all. Brethren, we need to be careful on multiple ends of this spectrum. Peter says that it was completely fine if they needed to use the money for something else to do so. But they went and tried to act like they were giving everything. They went and wanted a little bit of that widow with her two mites gratitude. Oh, these people, they gave all of what they sold. No, they didn't. The result of Ananias' lie is that he dropped dead. And three hours later, his wife, Sapphira, comes in. Peter says, tell me something. Do you sell the land for so much? She said, yes, for so much. 
Shameful, isn't it? And Peter said to her in verse 9, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those that buried your husband are at the door, and they're going to carry you out. They could have gotten the help they needed if their roof had a problem, if a donkey had taken sick and they had to have the money to buy another one to make their business work. God would have understood is what Peter is saying. But don't come here and act like you're giving all when you're not. Don't try to go solo when in reality you need our help. Going solo, you hear it all the time. In the music world, oh, well, Harry Styles is going solo now. Or Justin Timberlake is going solo now. Or enter any name of any musician who's ever been in a group that thought, you know what, I can now do it myself. Sometimes that works out very well. Sometimes they crash and burn. The Bible tells me that I'll never, ever be able to go solo. It's not possible. I want to thank you for being with us again this week on the Scatter the Broad Network, especially this podcast. Remember, you can find all of our podcasts all over, all major podcast platforms, and we are grateful that you've taken some time, whatever it is you're doing today, to study God's Word. Next week, we'll give our text takeaways for the carpool lane, and then we'll move on to another road sign. We have three road signs left to cover. A lot to do, and only a short little time to get it done. May God bless you, and let's please God now so our eternity is far better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.